Drunk Dish contains adult language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. We don't have any fancy like ceiling, ceiling fans. fans. Yeah. So I think I think we might good. I don't know. Hello and welcome to Drunk Dish, where three <laughs> delicious dishes explore food history and get pickled in the process. This is episode number twenty-four. Yep. Well we'll be where <laughs> we'll be discussing wet markets. Yes, you got it. Good job. I'm Melissa. I'm Amy. And Kate is not with us today. She's Boo. fancy. She's in Manhattan mm-hmm. uh, attending a convention with her hubby. Um, so, yeah. So tonight our question actually comes from my husband, Greg. We literally <laughs> just opened up the bedroom door. We're like, what's our food question? Yeah. Give us a food question. Yeah, essentially. So, Kate, this is what you have driven us to do. I yeah. know you're going to listen to this later. You're going to give us notes. I don't know. I feel like neither one of you actually listen to the show. I listen to it. Mm, do you well yes. you listen to this one because i told you that i listened to all you of were them too quiet i okay. listened to all of them okay i actually i have i have some ideas i want to run by you okay <laughs> that works um so anyway so our question tonight is a favorite american chinese food dish i don't know why i'm acting surprised like i have a very surprised look because i forgot it oh my goodness in the 60 seconds since before we started recording in the 60s <laughs> Uh, neither one of us were alive yep uh yeah so i don't know i mean we always get like we get like all the appetizers right mm-hmm. so you get like the chicken wings mm-hmm. beef teriyaki sometimes we'll get the chicken fingers yeah but those don't like those aren't good next day yeah they're not good so, they, get, they get soggy like, yeah so oftentimes we won't do that and then i usually just get lo mein man like good old-fashioned lo mein and then Greg gets Mugu Gai Pan, which I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah, no. No, I don't like the weird, slimy. What's happening? <laughs> the table shaking. A is little. it falling? Oh, no, the table's just shaking, or is the, is I the don't know. mouth falling? It's making me nervous. We're doing great, guys. <laughs> I think it's falling. We got new. Um, <laughs> I have to cut all of this out. We got new um, fancy arms. So we're back. Yay. <laughs> uh, Maybe disaster averted. I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Whatever. So as I was saying, oh, I'm a basic bitch and I like lo mein. Okay. Chicken lo mein. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom does this really. So this is terrible. But I was up at my mom's house and we were getting Chinese and she ordered chicken lo mein without any veggies. So that's now how I order it. Mm. And it's delicious. Like I, I like most of the veggies, but there's like a couple of veggies that I don't like. Like yeah. if they put mushrooms in it, they're always like the Ugh. weird, like I feel like they're like canned mushrooms or something. Yeah. Like they're not good. So I prefer to just get them without the vegetables. Honestly, mm-hmm. if I didn't think it would be too fucking weird, I'd get it without vegetables or chicken <laughs> and just eat the lo mein noodles okay. and the lo mein sauce because I love it. It's delicious. It is, I mean, that is good. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. So what, what, what do you got? Uh, when I was younger, it was chicken fingers because mm-hmm. it's just like deep fried yeah. chicken. It's delish. But as you noted, they don't reheat well. So right. as I grew, 
Okay. As my tastes matured. Sure, yeah. Matured. Uh, I went to chicken teriyaki. Mm. So. We don't get that all the time. It's it's real good. Like, I just, it's good reheated. It's good, like, chopped up mm-hmm. in stuff. Like, it's good mixed with other things. It's good by itself. It's just, like, a nice base of, of Chinese-ness. <laughs> Sounds bad. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, you are gonna have to pull the mic closer to you. Though. Uh, That's what I gotta do now. I gotta, I gotta shame you. Oh, Jesus, it's like really. Oh my god, <laughs> this is a fucking disaster. Oh my god. Yeah, this is. This- I should have listened to you. I'm sorry, Amy. All right, we're back. <laughs> Lord. All right, I think we've got it figured out now. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Oh me- God. <laughs> episode's a fucking mess okay all right so what are you- hey do you see what you've done to us <laughs> this is what happens when i try and build a setup around your needs amy oh it's me it's me yeah i thought we we're blaming kate because she's not this here is so you could be closer to the mic all of this is for you <laughs> why do i suck at amy, being loud i move the stars for no one all right <laughs> The funny thing is, is as I told you before we started recording, I'm the loudest person my family knows. <laughs> You're not louder than me. That's for damn sure. Mm. I was just actually talking to someone on Twitter about that today. I'm like, I've my entire life I've been told that I'm too loud and I've always felt bad about being too loud. And then I realized, no, I'm just a woman. <laughs> oh. Like, that's yeah. why people think I'm too loud. Yeah. Maybe that's what, maybe I'm not too loud. You just blew my mind, You're Melissa. not. You're a soft-spoken person. <laughs> you weren't. We wouldn't be having these problems. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. That's true. So <laughs> we're back. Uh, Amy, so what? Yeah, chicken, chicken teriyaki. teriyaki. <laughs> that's what I got. So like on the stick? Yeah. I'm a big fan of it on the stick. Yeah, it's good. It's so juicy. Mm. It's weird. It's yeah. like not regular chicken. Like I don't know how you cook chicken like that. And it's like. Yeah, like what it's, part of the chicken yeah. is it? And then how do you cook it? Like, I don't, it it's, confuses me. Yeah, it's really good, though. Yeah, I've been a real big fan lately of uh, blackened chicken, which is when you take, like, chicken and you, like, just cover it in delicious spices and then you, like, burn it mm-hmm. on the pan. Char. Yeah, and then you throw it in the oven to, like, cook the inside, but oh. the outside's kind of, like, burnt. Yeah. Um, And it's, like, this t- the juiciest, most tender chicken huh. it's really good and then the outside like because it like i normally put like cayenne pepper and stuff like so it's like got like nice heat to it mm. like in addition to it being charred a little bit so. yeah but yeah i'm i've just been a big fan of chicken lately <laughs> my whole life <laughs> well as we talked about i think in our first episode it's a base meat and it's it one of the cheaper ones so yep that makes sense uh that works yeah so this question didn't last very long <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kate, make sure you tell us what your favorite Chinese American Chinese food dish is. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had like real Chinese food? No. Like uh, is dim, dim sum is Chinese, right? I don't know. I think it is. So I had someone that used to work with me that was from um, Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So he like loves like traditional Chinese food and he's posted all sorts of pictures of stuff. Some of the stuff I'm like, uh, no, thank you. Yeah. Um. But a lot of the stuff, I'm like, oh, I would try that. Like, I've never had dim sum. I've never had, like, the steamed dumplings. I've never had bao. Mm-hmm. Bao, those little, like, that's Chinese, yeah. right? I hope it is. I hope it's not Japanese. I think 
I think it's Chinese. I don't know. Which, don't like, know. once I tell you about the drink, you'll, I'm very, I'm very worried about mixing up things that are Japanese versus Chinese and vice versa. Um, yeah. It's so, fair. Anyways. <laughs> oh, my God. Kate, you have to come back. What are we drinking tonight, Melissa? That's you, my Kate. best Kate voice. Um, so I'm pretty excited about this. So, okay. So I had spent all this time making this matcha green tea drink, mm-hmm. right? Because I have matcha. And I was like, oh, this would be great. Because I knew that matcha originated from China. Mm-hmm. So it was like, perfect. Made this drink, like tested it, all this stuff. And then I started doing the research on matcha. Come to find out like the Chinese don't really give a fuck about matcha. Like the oh. original tea was developed in China, but then it got brought to Japan and now pretty oh. much all matcha is from Japan. And Chinese matcha and Japanese matcha are actually really super different. Oh. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I can't. And someone at work was like, oh, just do it anyways. And I'm like, I can't. That's essentially like being like, ah, Chinese, Japanese, whatever. It's yeah. the same, which is not the case. So instead, I decided to make a drink with lychee. Oh, what's that? Have you ever had lychee before? No. Since okay. I said, what's that? Since you I'd said, what's no. that? No. So we'll get into it. But first, this drink, um, I made this drink. It is named, um, uh, not after, but kind of in honor of Amanda from Wine and Crime. Ah. Because uh, one of her sayings is mama fucking likey. Yeah. Which I say a lot now. Yeah. Um, so I've this, heard it. So this is called mama <laughs> fucking lychee. Um, and it is dark rum, lemon juice, cherry brandy. Maraschino liqueur, which mm. um, maraschino liqueur is also cherry, but it's really dry. It's not sweet at all. Yeah. It's dry and it's kind of bitter, whereas the cherry brandy is pretty sweet. Okay. Um, and then um, if so in the United States, it's I don't know. We didn't go to the Asian market that's nearby. I don't know if they have fresh lychee. I keep forgetting that's in Manchester. Yes. So oh. um I only have ever seen it canned. Mm-hmm. So I got a can of lychee. So if you've canned lychee, you're going to use a quarter ounce of the syrup in the can because generally it's canned and heavy syrup. Okay. There's a lot of problems with eating it from a can, which we'll get into. If you don't have um, the can, you have like fresh, which holy shit, like good for you. Use um, a quarter an ounce of agave to sweeten. Okay. And then it's three lychee fruits. Okay. So it's all thrown together in a blender. And then um, strained over ice. And that's about it. Um, So I'm going to go make that. And then when we get back, we'll talk about it. And then while I was researching lychee, I actually came across a really like bomb story Mm -hmm. about a really hot ass woman that completely ruined a dynasty. Um, Cool. So we're going to talk about that and we'll be right back. Awesome. Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Jane. And we have a brand new podcast called Bedknobs and Broom Flicks, where we talk about witches of the entertainment world. From the horror movies Warlock, Suspiria, The Witch, and The Blair Witch Project. To the more comedic or whimsical, such as Harry Potter, Hocus Pocus, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and The Blair Witch Project. No movie, TV show, or book is off limits. All witches, man witches, sorry warlocks, we're not calling you that. Witches brews, witches of history, familiars, and witch-like activity will be discussed as we laugh and have fun talking about the wonderful world of witches. So join us every other week for some fun witchy talk. All witches welcome. All right, we're back. That took way longer than I thought it would. But to you, it seems like no time at all. Dear listeners. Oh, I'm like, me? Not you. No, I just said you it. And I, you and I know how much time it took. <laughs> they don't. All right. <laughs> anyway, so here it is. Cheers. Cheers. Bink. Ooh. 
Slurp, slurp, slurp. Mm. He's a little baby ice cubes. Yeah, some crushed oh, ice in there. I'm digging them. Yeah. They're like, I've never seen crushed ice like that where they just look like miniature ice cubes. Oh, well, so there's crushed ice and then there's also, I have like a special ice tray that does the little tiny cubes, mm. but it's a pain in the fucking ass. So mm. I don't have very many or very much of it. Yeah. Because the cube itself is, or the tray itself is super annoying and they start to melt almost immediately. Yeah. Because they're so little. But they're but, cute. Yeah, they're fun. I love them. Very loud drink to drink. I probably should have put straws in there. <laughs> But anyways. It's tasty, though. Good. I dig it. So you said you don't know what lychee is. Yeah, no idea. So technically in the United States, it can pre- be pronounced lychee or lychee because it depends on um, which culture kind of coined that fruit in that area. So like in the UK, I'm going to get this wrong. I think in the UK, it was the Cantonese that brought um lychee over and they say lychee okay and over here i think it was it was mandarin which is pronounced lychee okay so americans tend to say lychee and brits tend to say lychee Ah. and i think i'm fancy so i'm saying lychee oh that reminds me last episode i asked you if it was minestrone or minestrone. Yeah, and I said minestrone. Yeah, and Greg and I looked up today, and it's technically either is right, but if you look up the pronunciation in American, every single one says minestrone. I've never heard anybody call yeah. it minestrone. Yeah, apparently both are correct. It so, didn't even, like, I didn't even, like, second guess yeah. my answer. I was like, minestrone, definitely. I, pr- I prefer minestrone because I feel like minestrone is, like, that person that's, like, the dad that's, like, trying to be fancy at Olive Garden. Yes. You know, and he's like, I'll take the minestrone. Right. And you're just like, just fucking stay minestrone. But. Right. The most common pronunciation is minestrone. Weird. But both are correct. Okay. So just like like lychee or lychee, they're both correct. Okay. Cool. So uh, lychee is actually a tropical tree. Um, it's native to Guangdong and Fujian provinces in southeastern China. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a member of the soapberry family, which includes five to 12 species of shrubs and small trees. They are commonly known as soapberries because, you guessed it, they're used to make soap. Ah. I don't know how... I didn't, I didn't look into it. Okay. Didn't care. Okay. Um, so cultivation of lychee be, uh, began in southern China, Malaysia, and northern Vietnam around 1059 AD. Oh, wow. Um, unofficial records show lychees as far back as 2000 BC. Damn. Um, but there's no like historic document that says, hey, look at this. And right. All of that jazz. Um, the trees and fruit require a tropical climate that is free of frost and does not go bo- below the temperature of negative four degrees Celsius, which is about 25 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So essentially, if it frosts, the fruit will be effective. If it, the temperature is consistently before, uh, below 25 degrees, the tree won't grow. Essentially. Okay. Um, so there are pictures in the drive of lychee or lychee. Now I'm saying it both ways. Um, it's like a round fruit, um, but it can vary. Some are like heart shaped or oval or whatever. It has a tough, inedible skin um, that surrounds the like fleshy fruit okay. on the inside. Um, and it's described as sweet and fragrant with a floral smell. Um, I think we might talk it might I might bring it up down below, but it, it loses its smell and taste really quickly when it's picked fresh. Within days, it'll start to lose its kind of floral um, attributes. Hmm. And then a couple days later, it'll lose its sweetness, which is why in the United States, you mostly find it canned. Um, but canned, it doesn't have those like floral like smells and tastes and all that. So that's yeah. all Are already these, been lost. Is this the picture? Yes. Okay. So that's the the like 
inside fruity part that you can eat. Oh, So okay. the outside part is like red. I think there's some like pictures that? in there. No, that's a different no. thing. Okay. Um, I think there's some pictures in there of the There's outside. a lot of gross pictures I put in there, so I'm so oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm very upset with you about this episode. So yeah, on the those are... Those are lychee. Yeah. I yeah. okay. I was they, they kind of look like raspberries. Like they're they very do, textural. but you can't eat that part. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. So there are a lot of different like variances and cultivars depending on where it's grown. Mm-hmm. Um. So they they vary in the percentage of fruit that it like produces. So the farther away it gets from the original area, so Malaysia, southeastern China, Vietnam, the less fruit the tree produces, which oh. is like bizarre. Um, there were more that than bizarre. Yeah, there were more than sixty different varieties. Um, I wonder each, if it's kind of like apples. Like apples need to be near other apple yeah. trees. I did read about growing them in other places and using that um, where you cut the root and then attach it to yeah. another piece of a tree and I let that grow and then you take that off. Called, but yeah, then you like graft it together. Yes. Yeah, it's like a similar similar thing. Um, so there are more than sixty different varieties. They're all different. Um. Uh, oh, I just lost my place. Oh, <laughs> I'm having a hard time. Each variety has a different name. So some of these are the names translated to English. So there's rhinoceros horn, uh, pond embankment, president of a board's embrace, <laughs> eight precious fragrances, and the particularly popular Fai Tzu Hasayu, uh, which translates to imperial concubine smile. Nice. Which... Welcome back to um, <laughs> an homage to the legend that is associated with it. Which ah, we'll talk about. Okay. So the seed inside is inedible as well. Um, and actually, we'll talk about this a little bit too, but it contains methylene, cyclopropyl glycine, which can cause hypoglycemia. Yeah. Which has caused a lot of other issues. Um, I feel like, like I w- always wonder, like, how do people discover or determine that like something's edible? And like cheese is one of those things for me. Trial and error, man. Yeah. But like this is like you can't eat the outside. You can't eat the very inside. You can only eat like this weird middle layer of it. Like accurate. Who who was like, who were the test people? Who were the guinea pigs? Some idiot. Yeah. I mean, so like you, I mean, you can technically eat the seed, which we'll, we'll get into, but you shouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Chinese traditional medicine considers lychee a quote unquote hot food. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's made into wine soups and porridges and it's believed to help relieve pain nourish blood and stop bleeding um, because lychees are high in vitamin C and B fiber copper and phosphorus they have numerous health benefits according to western experts supposedly they promote healthy skin hair digestion and weight loss while combating heart disease and cancer mm. that's quite a resume yeah um, so now we're going to talk about uh, the seeds and um, a little thing uh, about how a bunch of children died Oh, um, so, fun times. Yeah, so I'm reading this directly from Wikipedia because it's like a whole thing. Okay. So in 1962, it was found that the lychee seeds contained what we just talked about, the methocyclopropylglycine or MCPG. A, um, it's a type of hypoglycin A, which causes hypoglycemia in animal studies. So the en- since the end of the 1990s, unexplained outbreaks outbreaks of encephalopathy so encephalitis mm-hmm. of the brain occurred so do you know what a encephalitis is no i went mm-hmm, like i did but i don't it's essentially <laughs> so it's essentially used to describe any sort of like brain disorder um 
or degenerative brain disorder. Okay, so where your brain just stops working like it should right. work. Right, or like brain swelling. Okay. Yeah. So like they do a test for it. One of the tests that they do for it, um, I might be making this up because I think I technically learned this from Hannibal, the TV show. Ah. Um, but one of the tests <laughs> they do is they, they ask a patient to draw a clock. Mm-hmm. And they will they will think that they have drawn the clock correctly mm-hmm. when in actuality, you know, the hands are like on the other side of the paper. The numbers aren't in order. The circle's not correct. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. That's like a sign that. OK. Something fucked up is going on in your brain there. Um, so in um, since the end of the 1990s, unexplained outbreaks of encephalopathy occurred, appearing to affect only children in India and northern Vietnam during the lychee harvest season from May to June. Hmm. A 2013 investigation by the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention in India showed that cases were linked to the consumption of lychee fruit, causing a non-inflammatory encephalopathy that mimicked symptoms of Jamaican vomiting sickness because low blood sugar of less than blah, 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 blah in undernourished children on admission was common. And associated with a poorer outcome, 44% of all cases were fatal. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So essentially, it causes it, it causes this encephalitis in children who are already malnourished, mm-hmm. and it also causes hypoglycemia, and then they die, <laughs> which is great. Um, the CDC report recommended that parents ensure their children limit lychee consumption and have an uh, and have an evening meal, elevating blood bl- blood glucose levels that may be sufficient to deter illness. Okay. Yeah. So earlier studies had incorrectly concluded that the transmission may occur from direct contact with lychees contaminated with bat saliva, urine, or guano, or with other vectors such as insects found in lychee trees and sandflies. Um, and then a 2017 study found that pesticides used in the plantation could also be responsible for the encephalitis and deaths of the lung of young children in Bangladesh. Oh. So, like, not great for malnourished children. Mm-hmm. Let's not eat them. Yeah. So, anyways, now that we're past that sad thing, um, in the last 400 years, lychee trees have spread throughout Southeast Asia, reaching Myanmar by the beginning of the 18th century. India, which is now the world's second largest producer, by 1775, they had reached the West Indies. And by the start of the 19th century, they could be found in French and English greenhouses. Okay. Uh, And then by 1873, they hit Hawaii and then Florida in 1883. Oh. So, like, that's, I'm assuming, intentional spreading of the plant? Or did, like, was some of that, like, like... If, like, a fruit drops. So like, all it... I know is that a Polish missionary introduced it to the West. Okay. I say West, which means UK. Right. And then at some point, it traveled over here. Okay. I know that there were, like, a lot of tales and stuff of, like, uh, Western travelers going to China or Vietnam and talking about this amazing fruit that they had and mm-hmm. then bringing it back with them. So I think it's kind of that okay. situation. And then some, you know, ingenious whatever farmer was like hey i'm gonna try and grow this here but like i said it it said that the farther away from its original origin Mm -hmm. the the less fruit the tree will bear yeah which i feel like it's got to have to like it has to do with something with like the soil yeah that's i'm wondering if it has something to do with the soil or like 
like with apples for instance like if you're growing if you have one apple tree it will likely not yield apples right you have two apple trees next to each other they'll yield like an okay amount of apples but if you have an apple orchard the individual trees will yield way more apples just Mm. because there's the like cross-pollination that occurs is is way more likely to be fruitful so i'm wondering if it's something like that or if it's something like like you said like the soil or the Mm. climate like that's really weird yeah i want to know more (laughs) so um like i said so there's more pictures so that weird picture that you saw that was like the two little black things yeah which i thought i had in my notes about the names for them i know why i'm showing you i just held up my phone to show you seeds so that's like a healthy seed and then the other one is a not healthy seed yeah oh it's um so some cultivars produce a high percentage of fruits with shriveled aborted seeds known as chicken tongues these fruits they do look like chicken. Yeah, tongues. these fruits typically <laughs> have a higher price due to having more edible flesh. Huh. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, it's because I skipped this part because it talks about how the perfume kind of essence of it get, gets lost in canning. That's what mm. happens when I don't just stick to my notes and just talk. Yeah. <laughs> I miss stuff. Um, so now we're going to move on. So there's a couple of pictures in here of like a really hot lady. So there's like a statue. Let me get past my horrible pictures. Yeah, there's like a statue. There's some um, combs. Like these? Yeah. Are these the combs? Yeah. So okay. those are the four beauties of China, which oh, yeah. we're going to talk a little Ooh. bit about. Lady Young Gu Fai sitting in garden. This, mm-hmm. this, yep. so that's, this fine young woman that's right who here. we're going to be talking about. And then there's a statue that is that same woman. Is it Yang? I've been saying Yang in my head. I mean, it might be. And it's Queefy. Ooh. <laughs> which... Uh, it's an issue. But like, yeah. look at that banging bod, right? Yeah. She like, that is a banging bod. Yeah. So Lychee was a favorite of one of, of, one of Emperor Zhuanzong of Tang's consorts, Yang Yuhuan, which was later changed to Kuifi, one of mm-hmm. the four beauties of ancient China. Um, the Tang dynasty ruled from 618 to uh, 907. And okay. that is A.D. Okay. Because C.E. is the same as A.D., right? current era yeah okay so that's that's yeah that's the non-christian way to right yeah yeah i had to look it up i felt bad um so essentially the four beauties of china were four women who lived under different different dynasties um three of the four of them basically toppled the dynasties and met tragic ends um which is great um so they were renowned for their beauty oh god i shouldn't even try these names so there was zixi wang zhaozheng Daya Shan and Yang Kuifi. Um, the scarcity of historical records concerning them meant that much of what is known of them today has been greatly embellished by legend, and they were all said to have in some manner caught the attention of a ruling king or emperor in their respective eras. So basically, they were fucking banging, mm-hmm. um, but they all lived like hundreds of years apart, um, but are still known today. Like I said, there's that picture of the combs that illustrates the four beauties. Um, Yang was specifically known for her voluptuous figure Mm. um which i'm like i can understand that so here for um so essentially they gained like their reputation because of the insane amount of influence they had over the kings or emperors that had they had caught the eye of Uh, okay right because it's always the woman's fault yeah obviously yeah so emperor what should i call him because i cannot say i'm just gonna call him the emperor okay so the emperor was like obsessed with this bitch I mean, don't blame him. Obsessed. So obsessed that she was his daughter-in-law and he took her. So he took her from his son and made his son marry someone else. 
man because he was like old. A, a legit like obsessed with her yeah. he was like mine there's a bunch of other stuff i went down a real rabbit hole with her history because it's really long like a, at a very for a very short time she was like a nun she was like a buddhist what? nun yeah i don't know i i had to stop because okay. i left this to the last minute and i could not spend that's fair all this time reading and this doesn't really have anything to do with lychees except for the fact that they were her favorite fruit um so, like, he was, like, completely obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. So, lychees were her favorite. So, he actually created an entire army of horses to bring lychee because lychee wasn't, he was in the northern territories and lychees mm. were grown in the southern part of China. So, it was like a pony express whose sole purpose was bringing her lychee fruit every single day. Damn. Which is, like. I can barely get my husband to get me flowers. <laughs> He would essentially do anything that would like make her smile nice. and probably put out. I mean, let's be honest. OK. But I also feel like at the time he probably didn't have to get a consent. Yeah, probably not. Like I actually was reading about this and like they make it sound like she had this really lavish life. And I'm just like she married one dude who honestly like let's be honest was probably an arranged marriage. Yeah. And then was stolen from her husband essentially and yeah. forced to marry an emperor. And this was in his later years. So he's just like some fucking old dude. Yeah. So like. That probably sucked. So the least he could fucking do is get her her favorite fruit every single day. Yeah, that's the least he could do. I am. Although, um, I mean, for I'm not excusing anything, but also for that time period and like her ability to like move her social status in life. It was oh, probably yeah. also like a better. Oh, and girl works, which kind of leads to her downfall. Mm. So um, the emperor made her his secondary consort, which I don't really understand what that means. Um is that like a concubine? Like it, a, it is. So okay. she was, but like it was to show her high standing in the court, mm-hmm. which is why he also changed her mind, be- or her name, because Queefy means imperial concubine. Okay. But second consort, I feel like means that there was probably one ahead of her. Like kind of like in The King and I, where yeah. he has like all the wives, but like one wife is like top wife. Yeah. I feel like maybe it's that situation. Mormons do the same thing. Yeah. And that one <laughs> wife is like cemented. So even though he's obsessed with this chick, he can't make her like top mm. wife. Yeah. So he makes her second consort. Okay. Which I don't actually know if that's true. I'm just. That's just Theorizing. Me. Yeah. That's just me assuming. Um, so he made her his secondary consort to establish her importance in court. Um, he started to like neglect his official duties um because he just wanted to like spend every minute with this i mean, lady. can't blame the dude no i really can't like she must have also made good conversation right like right. it can't just be fucking it's a full package to completely ignore he's emperor to completely yeah. ignore like a lot of his duties and essentially let his kingdom fall into like disarray like yeah. that's some magic pussy yeah there's gotta be more yeah. Like, I feel like she must have been smart. And if I had actually gone through and, like, read all her history, I probably <laughs> would have found that. Um, so as her power grew, she started to appoint family members to important roles. Mm. Um, so her oldest, third oldest, and eighth oldest sisters became ladies in the court and of their own properties. Hmm. Now, this was weird because she doesn't actually have any sisters. So the assumption I have to make is that her, her they're her cousins. Mm-hmm. So she was an only child and her father died. Mm-hmm. So she was actually raised by her uncle. Mm. So I think that her quote unquote her sisters are sisters her cousins. Or, yeah. Right. Um, so they became ladies. Um, and then she made some like shitty gambler cousin, um, a high ranking official. And then she had an adopted son, which I I started to read his whole history too and like i was just like i can't there's a um, lot there on lushan 
was given command over the three areas closest to the capital of the Tang Dynasty. So basically, like, he was given control of everything. Wow. So, like, they're living life. Emperor's, like, you know, whatever, getting his dick sucked every day by, like, some (laughs) banging plus-size beauty. Yeah. She's eating her lychees. Um, It was said that she took, like, hours and hours of baths a day to keep her skin soft. Which actually makes no sense to me because that one, like, that shit will dry you out. I mean, if you're oiled afterwards or I guess or lotioned or whatever. Break out. I mean, I. Or do they not care back then, you think, because they're covered in white face paint or whatever? She's not a geisha. I shouldn't say that. That was slightly racist and also a different. Yeah. Different uh, culture. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know, like. I mean, I know you use all sorts of olive like, oil. Yeah, I use olive oil on my skin. Uh, in in the, I mean, I use that in the summer months. I don't use that in the winter months because it's not enough um, for my skin. Because oh. my skin is gets real dry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, and that doesn't make me break out. But if I literally do anything besides my regular, you, I mean, I'm breaking out right now. My face is a fucking mess. But like, if I do anything, my it, my whole body freaks out. Yeah. It's really fucking annoying. I like I'm jealous of people that can put like use oil. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, everybody's different. Yeah. So like like I even it's weird. Like with my kids, I see that like they're very young and haven't obviously gone through puberty yet. But their skin is very different. has very different needs, Mm. like even from a very early age. Mm. So I just feel like like whatever works for you. Yeah. So here's the bullshit part. So, right, she puts her adopted son on Lushan Mm -hmm. uh, in charge of like the entire army. Right. Right. They're ruling whatever. Emperor's neglecting his duties. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, his kingdom starts to f- kind of fall into, you know, neglect and people aren't having a great time. So then this motherfucker adopted son starts a rebellion. Mm-hmm. Now, he's planned it for like years and years and years. So he starts the uh, rebellion known as the An Lushan Rebellion. Um, so they take over the capital. Mm-hmm. The emperor flees, leaving Yang basically there. Um, he real brave guy. Yeah, he manages to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the army demands that Yang and her gambler cousin be put to death because they blame them for the situation and the fact that they even have to have a rebellion in the first place. So Jesus. like her fucking adopted son is like, yeah, let's kill her. Um, so they try and capture her. Uh, luckily or unluckily they didn't get to her in time because she went to a small buddhist temple in the nearby village and hung herself in the courtyard oh um that's not the happy ending i wanted no it's bad but i feel like it i feel like it's better than them capturing her and murdering her because at least it's like she kind of took control i guess yeah you know it was a desperate situation um the emperor that was so distraught that he worked for years um to get her body Brought to him where mm-hmm. he had gone to safety, but they actually never recovered her body. Damn. So maybe it's an Anastasia situation, and she was like just out she there living. Yeah, yeah, that would be wild. I also think we should have a spinoff podcast called Magic Pussy, where we just <laughs> where we just re- recount the amazing women in history that like that compelled men to fuck shit up because they had magic pussy. I fucking love that. <laughs> I would do that in a fucking heartbeat. Okay. Except for the main issue is probably that these men were bad rulers to begin with. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) But. But there's so many women like this throughout history that have been blamed for shit. Yeah. Or like. Like I just. No, I love it. I love it. I would 100% do that. You You do not have the time. Uh, (laughs) Oh, summertime. (laughs) 
Summertime. You've heard it first, listeners. Coming in the summer of 2020. Oh, Jesus. Magic pussy. <laughs> I don't know that we could call it. Uh, well, I mean, season of the bitch has bitch in it, and they just say season of the bee. Yeah. So we could call it magic pee on things that it doesn't let us. That's true. Say pussy. Yeah. Like apple, because they suck, and they won't let us put swears in anything. That's dumb. But yeah. Magic P coming summer 2020. Oh, my God. I want to do that. Coming so bad. Summer 2020. Okay. So, yeah. Anyways, that has nothing to do with lychees, but that's the story of Yang Yuhan. I'm going to give her her name before she got stolen by that emperor. Cool. Uh, I like that. The whole dynasty fell. Not really her fault. He's the one that neglected his duties. Yeah. You know, fuck that dude. But he did really love her as evidenced by him trying to get her body back after he had heard that she had killed herself. He like desperately kept sending people to get her body like, and they're like, we can't find it, bro. Um, There is a temple why? dedicated to her and that's the statue. Oh, which is wild to me because it's, it's she's naked in the statue. It's like, oh, she died. Let me immortalize her tits. I mean, they're great tits. They are great tits. I mean, that body is fucking banging. It's wild to me, too, because it's like almost like like uh like ancient Greek. Yeah. Like that kind of physicality to yes it, yeah she's which, got hips yeah which like, i wouldn't expect to be the physical ideal of well i was reading this place in time that often she is um it's uh, it's she's directly referenced to when speaking about one of the other four beauties because mm-hmm. one of the other four beauties had an extremely slight frame mm-hmm. so they're like compared a lot one was super uh, super thin and kind of fragile and and then she was kind of like you know voluptuous banging really i mean yeah fucking babe anyways that's all i got cool Woo! i'm just so i i just said the word voluptuous i'm just realizing and like that word i had to reread bram stoker's dracula this week for something the whole book the whole book in a week i read it in a day but yes how because that's how my brain works i wish i can't read fast i can't i don't read fast either but i've read dracula like four times oh, before. So, like you can so, skip portions so it, i can like skim it and like okay. still like remind myself of what's going it takes on me a really long time to read a book yeah because it i i have to read i read very deliberately mm. that's why school's super frustrating if there's a lot of reading yeah because that takes up the majority of my time because i just i read deliberately to make sure that i like comprehend what i'm reading and i'm not just like i get that whatever yeah. Or then I'll like zone out and I'll read the same sentence like I do that a lot too four times. But anyway, so you were rereading Dracula like a fucking weirdo. Yeah, but uh, but that dude uses the fucking word voluptuous like ever like as soon as Lucy turns into a vampire. Spoiler alert! Sorry, sorry, anyone. <laughs> spoiler alert for a book that's how many hundreds of years old? Um, and the movie, by the way, if you haven't seen Bram Stoker's Dracula with Winona Ryder and Gary Oldman, get on that and shit. Keanu Reeves. And Keanu Reeves. We're but I mean, the real star is Gary Oldman. Let's right. Get honest. Yeah. Also, the girl that plays Mina in that. Right. Because Winona Ryder's not Mina. Winona Ryder's Mina. I thought Mina was the redhead. No, Lucy's the redhead. Lucy. Lucy's mm-hmm. fucking banging. Yes, she is. But in every iteration of that story I've ever seen, Lucy is where it's at. Well, yeah. I mean, even in the book, Lucy's like I a mean, flirt she, and she's living yeah, life. She. Yeah. She. I Wait. So Mina gets turned into a vampire? No, Lucy gets turned oh, into a vampire. I wasn't listening to you, apparently. Apparently. Yeah, when she gets turned into a vampire, she's <laughs> just like like gagging for it. Yeah. But it's like, I love it. But in the book, like the word voluptuous is used like five thousand hundred times. 
like to describe Lucy when she turns into a vampire. Like that's the word. Wasn't she voluptuous before she, she was? Into a vampire? I don't understand. Maybe she was hiding it. But I was as I was rereading it, I was just like, I don't remember this word being <laughs> in it so much. And now it's like all I can think of. So I just said the word voluptuous and then like immediately Lucy popped in my Perfect. head. Yeah. Dracula sidebar over. <laughs> Amy. Yes. What's up? Oh what my do we God. got? So much. I'm very mad at you for this so, topic. I looked at the drive because I had to upload <laughs> stuff to the drive today. So I, I opened it, about it and I was like, no, <laughs> I knew because I had to look to see what wet markets were so I could do the correct drink. Right. And as soon as I saw what they were, I was like, I'm sorry. I wasn't even thinking. Uh, I was just thinking wet markets have been in the news a lot lately. Right. No, Let's I get talk it. about them. I and then. It. As I was doing my research, I was like, oh, Melissa's going to hate me. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I really hate it. It's wet markets. I realized I didn't know they were called wet markets, but wet markets are like what freaks me out the most about traveling to countries where mm. the culture is so different. Yeah. Like, I don't even like the idea of the, the freaking fish market in Seattle. Yeah. Where they throw the fish. I don't even like that. Yeah. Okay, but you got to tell us what my wet markets are because some people are like, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> so sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, wet markets, there are a lot of things. Uh, they sell, the, so think of it as like a like a Western farmer's market, right? Like mm-hmm. what we think of it in the West as a farmer's market. So there's like fresh produce and, uh, you know, n- none of that crafty shit that like people make and like try and sell. It's, I don't none know. of that crafty shit? Not like, well, so- there's not like pies and shit here, right. right? But there's like fresh, very fresh produce. So it's like farmers will come to wet markets and sell. Okay. But there's also meat mm-hmm. for sale at the wet market yep. as well. But the primary difference between a wet market and a farmer's market is that the meat is still alive when well, it some arrives. Of it. Most oh, of when it, it arrives. When yeah. it arrives at the wet market and then they slaughter it there for you yeah it's upsetting so the i mean the idea behind this is that like if you like if you could get the freshest right. possible food why not right? right no i get it there's some there's some things about that what 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 this is making weird faces at me there's like little these are broken what what am i looking at don't worry I about don't it no we gotta move on I'll okay look at it when we're done <laughs> just more fucking things so, not working so like i said they they sell uh, live animals as food and the way it works is that like you'll actually come up and you'll be like that chicken that one that's real right. loud back there with the big breasts yeah. that's the one i want <laughs> it really that sort of thing the picking out your food thing is so upsetting to me like but when, i also feel like if you're gonna eat meat right you should recognize but like you're choosing which yes, life tags. I want that one to be murdered. <laughs> yeah. I want weird. you to break its neck and rip its head off. Like, I mean, that's the humane way to do it. So it doesn't feel pain. <laughs> they always feel pain, man. And they feel fear that entire time because they're at a fucking wet market surrounded by death. Yeah. The what, the fear thing is what is something we're going to talk the about. Fear makes the meat more tender. Yeah. <laughs> We've a uh, uh, sidebar. Star Trek Discovery <laughs> sidebar. So Greg and I just binged all two seasons of Star Trek Discovery because Picard started. Mm-hmm. So we had to get the CBS like all access so we could watch Picard because I mean, obviously we're going to watch Picard. Right. So then we're like, oh, let's watch Star Trek Discovery or whatever. And it's really, really great. But there's a race of aliens in it. Um, well, technically, there's only one. 
I mean, there's a bunch of them, but there's only one that's in Starfleet because he's like a refugee because mm-hmm. he got rescued. Technically, the like that his species doesn't know about like interstellar travel and like all of that stuff. And his species is specifically hunted for food by another species on the planet where he's from. I am making a horrified face. It's uh awful they have like a super strong fear response Mm. so like he has he's super empathic and he can tell when someone might be dangerous and he has these like phalanges that like stick out from the back of his head when he gets like frightened and his whole thing is that his entire species was built on fear like they don't know anything but fear it's the thing that rules their life it's the most interesting thing it's played um he's played by doug jones who uh, so you know shape of water mm-hmm. he's the the fish guy yeah um he's in hellboy he o- almost always plays a character that's in full makeup prosthetics whatever so he and he's amazing to continue this sidebar uh <laughs> this is the welcome to the star trek discovery uh saru <laughs> fan podcast um because I'm here I, for it. i've only ever seen him in movies I, I don't think i've ever noticed how he has to he has to really act with his entire body because mm-hmm. he's completely covered in prosthetics right. he's wearing like huge like steve mcqueen shoes almost because his the creature they're like super tall and lanky mm-hmm. so he has to act like the way he holds his arms and when he walks like he is acting with his entire body 100 percent of the time plus oh, he has a face full of prosthetics and he's emoting through, through it. he's yeah. like my favorite character on the whole show and he's completely covered from head to toe wow it, it's got to take at least five or six hours a day to get him into that makeup and that's good acting if you can like, it's he's phenomenal and yeah. i said and craig's like yeah that's what he does like every movie he's in he that's what he does he's covered in prosthetics or whatever i'm like i think because it's you know 14 episodes a season or whatever i'm seeing him every episode yeah it's just like really hammering at home that's fine <laughs> Hammering it home that he's like acting with soul, but it's crazy. Anyway, sorry, but they're hunted. Like that's, that's like horrible. the whole his his species whole thing. It's don't horrifying. worry, happy things happen for his species. Okay, that's so, good. It's okay, but like it's it's a rough go, especially the first season. You're like this poor guy. Yeah, he like yeah. Anyways, he's great. Oh. So fear apparently makes the meat more tender. Yeah, but that's so fear also <laughs> has other other uh, repercussions. So well, that's why like Temple Grandin. Uh, created that whole system of making it so that when cows go to slaughter uh, they there's feel calm. barriers between yeah. them and the cow that's getting swapped they can still it's kind of bullshit because they can still smell the blood like they still know what's happening they're still terrified but it's kind of like what i imagine i've been listening to a lot of professional development podcasts lately and uh i listened to one where they were talking to uh i can't remember her name but she helped uh she worked with netflix at the beginning she was like their head of like people operations or whatever but she used to fire people for like big corporations so she would like have a few days where she'd have to fire like thousands of people that's fucking awful who does that right so like but she like she would say is like the same thing like by the time the third person came in they would know like they yeah, would know they know what's going on right but like it so it, the conversation switched from like being like where you're being let go to being like let me make sure like what do you need do what do you need for your health insurance what do you need for like your next steps or whatever so it, it changed but like i like that like humans have that fear response in a very different setting i guess i mean not being murdered yes yeah, not being murdered meat. 
But we're a social species that's dependent on this system that we've created of capitalism. So, mm. anywho, Captain capitalism, capitalism cyber over. Papa Bernie, twenty twenty. Woo! Can you can you fill me up, Mama? Yeah. Well, I'm reading. Uh. So yeah. So the term wet markets, it, like they're the markets are literally wet. Melissa's <laughs> face is great because the the I'm animals. This wine. Yeah, the animals are being slaughtered. So there's just blood pouring right. down the streets. So like you go, you pick out what chicken you want, and then like the person gives you a ticket, and they put a ticket in the chicken, and then they they you come back in ten minutes, and then you pick up the meat, the meat of the chicken. Um, it also makes. Me, did you ever watch Xenon the sequel or Xenon the Girl of the Twenty First Century? I know of it. Okay, but I I I feel like I watched the first one. Yeah, but it was a long time ago, so I don't remember it. But there's there's like a scene where. Like she's because she like grew up in space most of the time, and she like goes back to Earth, and there's just flowers. Like she's visiting her aunt or some shit. Like, uh-huh. And there's just like flowers, and she's like, "What's the purpose of flowers? What do they do? Like, do they, like, do they like give you food or like right. what?" And then her aunt's just like, "Oh, they're like pretty." Which, to be fair, is really like <laughs> simplifying flowers down. Right. I mean, you know, bees need them right. pollination, and then they. Right. That's how we get food. And but anyways, Xenon's aunt. <laughs> yes. Fucking an idiot. But there's there's another scene. <laughs> this is a really long tangent. I'm so sorry. Xenon <laughs> girl of the 21st century sidebar. <laughs> that that segues into the movie Home, uh, the animated movie. Oh, uh, starring little, Rihanna. Yeah, the little purple alien. Yeah, guy. yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's a scene in that that reminds me of that. Scene. Okay. Stay with me, please. Kate, we need you. <laughs> but uh, when he first sees uh, Tucci's uh, cat, the, mm-hmm. like the alien creature first sees Tucci's mm-hmm. cat, and he's like, does it give you meat, meat or milk? I think I've seen the clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like this. Like, like, why do you have it? No, it's just like to pet and stuff. Wait, what? Yeah. So like that, that like emotional needs need to be met too right but that like that as i was doing the research for what markets that's what i kept thinking of which is like really probably not okay but those two scenes because like like the way that westerners view food and our relationship with food and meat i feel like is so very different than the way a lot of the world views their relationship for the better and some for the worse yes so like like, like this, like like I said, like in theory, if someone said, "Hey, you could get the freshest food possible," wouldn't you be like, "Yeah, that sounds yeah. great," but like that means picking out what animals to slaughter. But like that's the thing, though. Like, okay, I want the freshest food possible. I don't gotta pick which one you slaughter. Just like kill but one. Yeah, but that's like part of me. part of the so part of the reason behind that, and we'll talk about this as as I go through my notes and stuff. But like. Is one is so you can pick one that looks like it has like the most amount of meat, like that has uh, like the right, like yeah. that's giving you like the best the best nutritional quality you know. that it can. And then another part too is that you get to see the animal alive, so you get to verify that it's not sickly or sick, that it's a healthy sure animal. I feel like most of those animals at those markets probably look a little worse for wear. Well, they're stressed out. Yeah. Right? They're real stressed out. Yeah. Like. Which causes problems. When I was a kid and we used to go to this um, in the town I grew up in, there's a a place called the Lobster Boat. It's Mm -hmm. still there. Like, it's been there for like 80 million years. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, freaking presidents and shit go there or whatever. 
But like one of the things, of course, like a lot of lobster places is you can pick out your lobster. So when I was a kid, I would go over to the lobster tank and I would literally like start naming them because oh, that's the type of person I am. Yeah. And then someone would pick one and I'm like, no, that's Chad. No, <laughs> not Chad. His is too pure to live. No. <laughs> and that is what I would do when I see animals. I immediately start to name them. Yeah. So if I went to a wet market, I'd be like, oh, that chicken, that chicken's berry. And then they'd be like, all right, we'll take that one. And I'm like, no, I can't eat berry. <laughs> what do you mean? Look at him. Barry's a comedian. You guys don't know. You know, him and I, we go a ways back. But anyways, oh, boy. I just I commend people that can have that sort of relationship with food. Well, commend's probably the wrong word. Because kind of think they're sociopaths, but that is calling a whole culture sociopaths. So I don't mean that. <laughs> it's just different. And in, in, in the Western world, I would consider someone like that a sociopath. But anyways, yeah, and I mean, so like wet markets do exist worldwide too. So like there are like it's like the Seattle fish. Mar- would that be considered a wet market? Because they yes. have like meat and stuff. Yes, yeah, but I don't think they have live animals there. But in, so in the West, they're generally called fresh markets instead of wet markets because mm-hmm. it sounds but, yeah sounds nicer. Sounds nicer. <laughs> sounds more bougie. Yeah, it's like oh, it's like you know, kind of like Whole Foods but outside. Yeah, and then yeah. there's also things like like CSAs like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and actually, like I have some friends too who've gone in. Like they'll they'll work with um, uh, not like a produce farmer, but like an animal, like a rancher type thing, and they'll like pick out a pig. Mm-hmm. Like and like they know at the end of the season, like they pay monthly essentially. Oh, to like raise it and right. then they get it and they can eat it right. And when I was and when I was a kid too, I raised a pig for slaughter. Like I, I raised a pig knowing that we were gonna kill it Side at bar. the end. <laughs> I don't remember this because I don't think this happened when I was alive. I think this was when my mom was a kid. My grandmother had a turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I guess he was huge. Now I'm only going by stories my family told me, so they could be like greatly exaggerated. Yeah, but that this turkey was huge, like to the point where like people would drive up our driveway and it would come up to like their car window, and people like wouldn't get out of their car hmm. because it was this huge fucking turkey. And I guess the whole point was eventually to eat the turkey, but my grandmother like fell in love, fell in love with this turkey, and was like, no, 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 no. Um, until one Thanksgiving, they were eating turkey. And halfway through the meal, decided to tell my grandmother that that was uh, the turkey. Uh, so fucked up. Yeah. Like, I can't even. My poor grandmother. That's got to be why she freaking drank vodka sodas for the rest of her goddamn life. Oh, no. Because they murdered her fucking turkey. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened with me and Brock, too. Like, His I knew. His name was Brock? His name was Brock. We named him after a family friend. <laughs> A family friend. A family okay. friend named Brock, uh, who was a truck driver. Uh, so wait, this was a pig? This was a pig. Pigs are so smart, too. Guys, mm-hmm. guys, pigs have the mental capacity of a toddler. Yeah. Like a, a human toddler. They're smarter than dogs. I want you to think about that the next time you're eating pork. Bacon's so good. It is really good, but also you're eating a toddler. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, the so look like, of satisfaction on my face when yeah, I know I get Amy to think about her choices. Ugh. My so, choices too. I'm a hypocrite. It's fine. Yeah. So I knew, like, I knew we were raising Brock for slaughter, but like, I didn't know when the the thing was going to happen. And then, like, one morning we were having bacon, and my parents <gasps> were like, "Hey, is that good bacon? You like that bacon? That's Brock." That's awful, though. To, and then to- I just kept eating. 
You might be a sociopath. <laughs> I really like bacon. I know, but like. I what probably if- would have felt different if it was like a cow. Really? Yeah. Cows have such soulful eyes. They do. Have <laughs> you ever looked into a cow's big brown eyes? It's very moving. They're. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, drunk dish is no more. I'm dissolving the podcast. Uh, oh, God. It was so gratifying. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, it is moving. <laughs> Amy, we don't have time for you to have a breakdown right now. We're coming up on an hour. Oh, Jesus fucking Granted, there's probably going to be a lot I cut out from the beginning because of our fucking disaster. Okay, so obviously we've talked about a little bit about wet markets. Yeah. I wanted to kind of give the um, the counter to that. So it's like what you and I have grown up and yes. experienced, which is supermarkets, yes. which are very different, obviously. Mm, obviously. <laughs> very sterilized. Yes. So um, the reason why we're talking about wet markets, too, which I never even talked about, even though it was in my notes, was because uh, the coronavirus, which is currently... Terrifying. Yeah, terrifying and ravaging certain parts of China, um, has been linked to uh, originating in a wet market. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll talk about more about that later, but that's kind of that's why I wanted Fucking to talk awful. about this. Oh yeah. God. So I know I know someone who's uh, under quarantine what? right now. Yeah. What? I so, can't even. You need to leave my house because just like just because you I know them. Talking to him in like six it's, years. I don't know, man. <laughs> you have a mental link. Oh boy. That's obviously so that's that, not true. Let's not yeah. spread ridiculous rumors about. Yeah. I just I'm very scared of contagious diseases i saw outbreak when i was a kid and that has has yeah changed have you seen I, contagion with gwyneth no, paltrow i can't watch it i refuse to watch it i can't it genuinely that stuff scares me i, I it spent, scares me too i spent all this time like initially i was like whatever it's fine it's not even that big a deal it's not even worse than sars and then like it just kept oh growing. is it worse it's than sars so much worse yeah but initially it wasn't and i was like oh it's fine and now I'm sars like, also originated potentially from a wet market and now i'm losing my shit well that's why we have health codes yeah so know? and i'm gonna talk a little bit about that so supermarkets like i had this question of, like why did we adopt this model in the west like when did we adopt this model uh, like why and what what's the difference between farmers markets and wet markets which we've already sort of talked about Mike. so uh supermarkets were originally designed to reduce costs and then also remove specialization and focus on generalization so it used to be that like if you wanted baked goods you'd go to the baker and if you wanted like right like Which I do miss because now you don't have as many like bakeries and stuff right like if i want a real sourdough bread from a place that i know made it and has a starter and all that stuff it's like I don't. I don't know where to go. Yeah, I know that Whole Foods has pretty good bread, but anyway. But but still, like it's and like supermarkets in recent years have started to try and like kind of recreate that, like mm-hmm. where they have like a butcher counter and a mm-hmm. a bakery in them, right? But so um the the very first um supermarket came in the 1930s but before that uh grocers started to become really common in the 1860s and there were local chains and they specialize in things like dry goods pre- predominantly so like things that like could be preserved so remember okay. like during the alaska episode we we're talking about like all the canned food and jerkies yeah. and things like well, that so like, like in the east they have like dry markets too right so they have wet markets but then dry markets is where you buy like not produce and stuff I thought. Yes. And you buy like goods. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those do exist. And uh, I mean, I'll, uh, there's also like a, this weird thing going on about 
what the government in China wants to happen with wet markets too okay. right now. Um, so uh, in 1916, the first Piggly Wiggly, which is the best fucking business name ever, uh, opens uh, and it's modernly considered like the first modern like grocery store mm. and self-service was like the focus. So the idea behind it was that you don't need to hire a bunch of clerks and you don't need to have a bunch of like specialized professionals like bakers and butchers and things like that were like the products were just going to kind of like speak for themselves on the shelves or in the displays and people could pick out what what spoke to them or what what looked most appealing and then bring it up to the cash register okay and check out did they not have like departments like because grocery stores now you still have a butcher right they didn't they you still have a bakery and like it might not be you know top it like you can't get every cut of meat from the butcher right but yeah, it was just all together. Like. Yeah, it was just all together. Uh, and then by the time 1920s come around, um, chain stores start to grow uh, and they have deeper discounts, more varieties. And then 1930s is when supermarkets actually come on the scene. So that's where you have this combination of fresh produce, fish and meat sold alongside a wide variety of dried goods oh, okay. and fruit. So like that's the first time where you actually see like meat in the grocery store. Oh, OK. Um, before then going to the butcher yeah. specifically. OK, exactly. And then obviously in the 50s and 60s, like we have the increasing suburbia and like suburban sprawl and then like super supermarkets, like what we think of as modern supermarkets with Mm -hmm. like all these modern conveniences. That's when those all come into play. And while all this is happening too in the United States, there's all these different food regulations coming into place. So like back in the 1860s when groceries started to become coming uh, really common, that's when the Department of Chemistry is founded in the United States. And that later later becomes the FDA. Um, Lincoln creates it and he appoints a chemist. Yeah. Um, and it, they, uh, this is also the same time. Remember when we were talking about peanut butter, the the peanut butter episode when we were talking about George Washington Carver and like all the different innovations oh, yeah, he had yeah, with yeah, agriculture yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like people were starting to use pesticides for the first time and starting to use um, like do like um, growth modification for food, like essentially like picking like seeds from like the biggest fruit or the biggest vegetables or whatever and trying to like kind of like genetically modify food in like a very low tech way for what we consider today Mm -hmm. so they're starting to do all these different things and treating foods in different ways and then also adding more preservatives too so when we're talking about like the graham cracker episode right like it's a great sound (laughs) (laughs) but they like like graham crackers came as like kind of like a counter movement to like all of these like breads with all these horrible fillers in yeah. them, right? And preservatives. And preservatives yeah. and stuff, right? So like all of this stuff is happening. So the government's like, hey, we should probably like do a better job of keeping track of it. So the Department of Chemistry is formed in the 1860s. And then the 1880s, the first food and drug laws are proposed, but they're defeated because people in Congress are like, fuck that. We don't want anybody legislating what we're eating or how food right. is made yes. or anything. Small government, even if it means we're poisoned. Yep. Yay. <laughs> it isn't until uh, the mid-1880s that the first laws passed, and it's uh, the Meat Inspection Act. Um, and that's mostly just uh, like some legislative tools to allow us to compete on like a global stage with meat um, and with foreign trade. So it allows us to like create a level playing field. It actually doesn't pass because anyone's really concerned about the quality of meat being harvested and sold in the united states it's passed because we want to make sure that our prices are competitive with foreign prices so it's just economic pressure i can't tell if you're frustrated or falling asleep 
bone. Oh no. Capitalism. Yeah. It will kill us all. Yeah. Uh, in the 1900s, we should do a whole fucking episode on what I'm about to say because it's so interesting to me. But there's uh, a thing called the Poison Squad that's started by the federal government. And it's created to study the effects of preservatives and chemicals in food. So we definitely have to put down our notes to do a whole episode on the Poison Squad. Yeah. Because that sounds real fucking Yeah, cool. no, that's wild. And then in 1906, the Food and Drugs Act passed. And by 1913, food packaging standards are there. Um, and... Uh, it really like very little happens in terms of food standards until supermarkets come along. So 1930s is when I said supermarkets like started to really take off, right? And the 1930s is when all of this legislation starts to really take off too. And I think part of it is because it's suddenly way easier to regulate how people are getting their food because it's all in these like centralized locations. It's not from a variety of like small locally owned businesses. It's from these like chain stores that where everything goes to as a primary source and then gets filtered into the community. So in 1937, there's this uh, very serious incident that happens where um, 107 people die, most of which are children, um, from uh, consuming something called um, elixir of sulfonylamide. Probably said that wrong. That doesn't sound great. You yeah. shouldn't. You shouldn't consume that. <laughs> yeah, it contains poisonous solvent. Uh, dethylene glycol um, and it was just like in normal food so it was like a preservative what? that people were using okay. and and it creates the situation where 107 people die essentially from consuming it and Yikes. it was just used as a preservative so like people are like ah it's probably fine well, yeah they didn't know yeah i assume well capitalism they might have known and been like fuck it yeah <laughs> we can make some fucking boku cash on this until kids start dying that's true that's true <laughs> That's capitalism to a T. Uh, We're really bagging on capitalism yeah, in this we are. episode. <laughs> so this is when we first really start to establish food and drug safety like good, measures. Good, good, good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in the 1940s, there's an increase in processed food, canned food, and then with that come increase in food regulations too. So in the 1940s, obviously, we're entering World War II era. Uh, we have things like ration food, like what we talked about in the Jello episode. And we have all these other concerns that come with it. And then the 1960s, like sanitation programs for milk and things like that come Mm -hmm. along, too. So all of these things happen and coincide with the rise of supermarkets in the United States. So I don't think like if we hadn't, um, you know, gone to this kind of like supermarket model, we wouldn't be able to have the kinds of food and drug regulations that we have today because those two things really go hand in hand. We're like countries that rely predominantly on like farmers markets or wet markets or like bazaars or things like that. Like where it's like this centralized like marketplace where it's all these different food stalls and food vendors yeah. and like like that's way harder to regulate than yeah. if everything goes to one place for sure. first. But I mean we even we have farmers markets and stuff mm-hmm. here or like we have a farm stand down the street that sells like local meat and stuff. So that's probably not as I assume the farms are regulated. I don't know how that works. They have like bison and venison and yes and no, all that sort of stuff. I think they have to be a certain size in order to be regulated by the federal government. But they're selling it. Yeah, I mean, places sell raw milk, and that's like not allowed. Really? Yeah, I like mean, raw know. milk is is. We're like Americans are real weird about pasteurization. Yeah, like they don't do that in the UK. That's gonna be a whole episode. Like too. they leave their eggs out. Yeah, because it's like whatever. But anyway. Well, also, like, uh, by the time, that's the other thing, too. So, like, by the time we get our food in the United States, 
it's already old. Like, mm-hmm. by the mm-hmm. time we get our apples, they're months old. Yeah. By the time we get our eggs, they're weeks, if not months old. Yeah. Like, so for us, pasteurization and refrigeration it's and necessary. preservatives are necessary because the way that we've built our food system, where, like, it's like if you had gotten like butter the day it was made or like the day after it was made, it will keep way longer than if you buy butter from the grocery store because mm. it's already old by the time mm. it reaches us. So like yeah. that's that's the other thing, too. Like so we've created this system which made it way easier to regulate, which sounds good in theory, but also like well, we've created the system that requires that level right. of regulation. But it also made safe. for a lot of choice. Yes. Like there's so many more things that I can find. Like I can go to fucking Whole Foods and get passion fruit like yeah farm stands around here aren't gonna have passion fruit very true yeah so we don't have to rely on what can be locally grown and that's the other thing too the united states is a huge fucking country we're like only a small part of it i mean like large geographically speaking but small population wise and infrastructure wise like is actually responsible for producing that food yeah so like like when i lived in minnesota for instance we lived real close to dairy farms Mm. and like farm farms too like it was super easy the like the butter tasted different there it was fucking weird like the butter tasted different the milk tasted different the corn tasted different like and i think it was just because it was but i mean we grow corn here we do grow grow corn here but it was like i'm sure it was a different variety of graphically yeah it's gonna be different based on like the soil and but I remember, like, taking my kids stuff. to the farmer's market in Minneapolis, which, I mean, Minneapolis is 40-minute drive from, like, farmland. It's, like, not, you know what I mean? It's a metropolitan area, but there's farms close by. And, like, the corn was so good that my son ate it raw. Like, he just <laughs> ate. <laughs> what a fucking monster. <laughs> he was just, like, he was, like, this is delicious. Like, the farmer was, like, try it, try it, try it. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Jake tried it and he's like, oh, that's actually like really good. It doesn't yeah. need any butter or salt. It doesn't Weird. need to be cooked or anything. Yeah. Like it tastes good, raw. And then he gave it to my son. And my son was just like, this is fucking amazing. And just ate a whole like fucking a little, ear of corn. Fucking beaver. He sat on my shoulders eating an ear of corn. Yeah. And people were like laughing as we were walking. And it was just like. It Aww. like it tasted so good. Little fucking monster. He is. I love him. So <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> So obviously, like the creation of supermarkets in America made uh, it way easier to regulate. Like I said, it also was in the public interest of serving like this really geographically like spread out country. Mm. So we have people in suburban sprawls that aren't close to farmland and people in urban areas. And you have like people in all sorts of different kinds of areas in the United States that it like where farmers markets are nice or fresh markets are nice in theory, but they don't really work for like the infrastructure we've set up, which is like roadways built for automobiles and lack of public transportation and like no farmlands close by. Right. Like, like if we had smaller sustenance farming throughout the country, it would be different, but Mm -hmm. we've, we've like kind of segregated the country into these like rural versus urban areas where there's not a lot of crossover. So, um so meanwhile in other parts of the world obviously there wasn't this like same motivation for regulation and there wasn't this same motivation to kind of like centralize everything Hmm. so that's why in the united states we have this like really weird system where we rely on supermarkets and then most other parts of the world there's like smaller grocers and then farmers markets and fresh markets or wet markets and like kind of a combination of these things where they're relying both on like more traditional food sources like wet markets and fresh markets and then also like modern western things like supermarkets or grocery stores so there's Mm -hmm. like this this combination 
Um, and then uh, one of the things that makes wet markets really unique in China, too, is that there's access to exotic animals there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So there, I have like a bunch of pictures in the drive. I won't make you look at any I'm of them. Go- I looked at some of them. I'll look. Yeah. Um, and I'll post I'm them on the blog. Nightmares tonight. I'll wake up screaming and you're going to be like, it's OK. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I like this picture of Piggly Wiggly, though. Yeah. They have a picture of the original Piggly so Wiggly. So cute. It is very oh cute. Um, so... In wet markets, like all of these exotic animals. What the fuck? Is that fish? It might be fish. I think it's fish. It's yeah. a really big fish. Um, But the idea behind the exotic animals or the wild animals being served this or available. smoking a cigarette. Yeah, as he's slaughtering. Up, I think they're ducks. Yeah. It's fucking cutting up ducks. That ash. That is like an inch that is like an inch of ash on that. Yeah, cigarette. it's, it's about definitely to go gonna fall right in. on the meat. Yeah, it's definitely gonna. It's but flavor. it's super fresh. <laughs> so they're wearing they're wearing masks. Yeah, so but some that's of them super common in Asian culture, right? Where if you're right. sick or don't want to get sick, right, you wear a mask. And which, even like honestly, Americans should do that when they're sick. Yeah, it's I just I wish courtesy. that we had that culture here because yeah. every time I'm sick, I want to wear a mask, and then I think people are gonna treat me like I'm a fucking leper, right? If I wear Where a you're mask, just trying to be courteous and not get other people sick, right? I love that. Um, oh, what is this weird fucking turtle? Oh yeah, so there's so wet markets are weird in that they have both domesticated animals like chickens and like pigs and stuff like like farm raised animals, uh-huh. and they're selling them alongside like what they call wild animals. Now the wild animals may not have actually been caught in the wild; they may have still been farm raised, but they're things that are more exotic. So things like turtles or eels or um, stuff like that. All these turtles are all shoved together in this bag all together. I'm sorry. Here's the thing: I don't okay. So I'm just like, I'm sorry. Over and I over again. I understand picking out your food. You want it to be the fresh. And that's great. Mm-hmm. My issue with this is that obviously these animals aren't being treated humanely. Right. Because they're fucking commodities. Right. You know, like <clears throat> these fucking turtles are all just crammed together in a fucking bag. They can't move. So like, OK, cool. They're still alive. But it's fucking awful. What the fuck is this? Oh, I think they're pig feet. Yeah, they're pig feet. Oh, my God. Like, that's my main thing, too. Like, they, I feel like there aren't any uh, standards for treating animals right. humanely and that's at the, all. And that's the thing. So, like, there was actually this huge um, push in the early 2000s by the Chinese government to try and uh, compel Chinese citizens to shop Is at... Is that cat sleeping? Sleeping. Sleeping. Okay. Sleeping. <laughs> I knew you were going to react to that picture, and I didn't... Like, I was like, I need to remember to tell Melissa that cat is just sleeping and not dead. <laughs> They're not eating cat, Melissa. It's just a street kitty taking a nap at a wet market. Probably eating some scraps of food. Guys, I almost just threw up in my mouth when I saw it. Oh, no. He does look like he's sleeping, but the problem is he's, like, in a bag. Yeah, he's he chose to sleep inside, like, a produce bag. So he looks like someone put him in a produce bag. I like this guy hosing down everything. I like Yeah. That. So the like they'll literally hose down the streets and the right, walkways. Because it's all blood. Because and it's fear. all blood. Yeah. I'm um, dizzy. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm a fucking pussy. It's fine. Well, oh wait, we're not using that word. Pussies are hard and right. strong. Yeah. I'm a dick. I'm not hard. Dicks well, are hard. Some of them. It's an imperfect metaphor. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I'm a sensitive soul, right? Yeah, I get it. 
So the Chinese government tried to make supermarkets a thing in China in the early 2000s. And then Chinese people are like, no. And part of the reason why the Chinese people are no is because they couldn't get costs down enough. Because it's a, it's actually like way cheaper to cut out the middleman. Like right. the, in China, of the course. supermarkets are a middleman, right? Yes. Like it's not like in the United States where the whole system is built to support that infrastructure. I now. mean, even now, the, the supermarkets are a middleman. Right. I mean, they're purchasing from farms and then charging us. They have to charge more than what they purchase from the farm. Right. But also the farms, the farms that they're purchasing from probably aren't the same farms that go to farmers markets because it's fucking tedious to go to farmers markets. I mean, yeah, that's fair, but there's like at Hannaford, there's a lot of local yes. produce where it's like it's from this blah, blah, blah farm, which I is definitely what is at our farmer's market. Yeah. Because the one farmer's market around here, well, besides the little store that sells like weird meat that's open year round, it's the same produce that we find at the grocery store. Mm. It's from the same farms. Like, yeah, it's the same. So like but more expensive. Right. And I mean, I feel like we're like, I feel like certain parts of the country that isn't true. But mm, mm. for us, I think it is. Okay. Um, but so, like, one of the reasons was cost. Like, the Chinese government couldn't make it actually affordable. Another was freshness, right? So, like, like I said, the issue that we experienced in the United States where, like, by the time we get our eggs or our butter or whatever, it's actually pretty old. Or our produce, it's actually pretty old. I would old. love to try fresh butter. Yeah. It's amazing. I once got to eat at a butter company's test I'm like, kitchen why is this so slow what's happening because <laughs> okay. i'm trying to edit butter company because i signed an nda um oh, ooh, you fancy yeah but i got to eat at a butter company's test kitchen huh uh and it was delicious because like mean, it was butter that they you can also just make your own butter it's not that hard. yes yeah jake's made our As, own butter especially before. with a stand mixer yeah like not hard yeah i say that having never done it no, I mean it's not it's not too hard. Jake's Jake's done it a couple times and it's been delicious. Um but even that, like the milk that you're using or the cream that Old you're milk, using. Yeah. yeah. So like up north or even at the farmers market, you can get like you said, you can get fresh milk. Right. Not not like the gross milk's gross. Don't drink milk, guys. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like price is one reason, freshness is another reason, and then the third reason is just like it's a it's like a cultural thing, like because at the wet markets you have this unique ability to buy both farm raised produce mm-hmm. and animals like pigs and chickens. <laughs> Excuse me, and then, <laughs> and I'm then, very upset about the 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 humanity of the whole thing, but you're right; these animals aren't going through factory farming, right? A factoring factory farming system. So I imagine that the chickens aren't stored like they are in the United States. I imagine that they're probably actually on a farm. Well, not like what we think of as like a small farm, but like probably not stacked on top of each other in cages. Right. And not like put on conveyor belts as babies and yeah, and beaks chopped off and all of that stuff. Yeah. I I mean I hope. Because that would alleviate some of the uh, uncomfortableness I have with the bringing them to the market while they're still alive and all of that. And like that's the like that's the the we get in the United States is trash. I'm really conflicted, like because because this whole system of factory farming evolved because of the need and demand of supermarkets. Mm. So like there's there's this weird. Well, Americans eat too much meat. Yes, a fact. Yes, but the, so in these wet markets, you can buy both like quote unquote exotic animals too, right? right? So like the turtles that we saw, right? 
And part of the the reason behind that is because it's a sign of like wealth and privilege. So it's like, oh, I can I can afford these like really rare, exotic, wild mm-hmm. animals. And then part of it, too, is that there's medicinal purposes for these animals as well. So like people like Chinese people genuinely believe that it is healthier for freshness, for quality of food, and sure. then also for the medicinal purposes of the sure. wide variety of animals available that like that's the best thing. I yeah. One of the things that I found most interesting in my research was that there's like this weird like as Westerners, we have this I feel like you and I have this gut reaction to like seeing the images of wet markets are like, Ugh. and then like as we talk through it or whatever, like we can understand. And, right. But like even like wet markets in certain parts of China versus other parts or like Hong Kong versus mainland China, mm. like there's this like kind of like hierarchy or ranking where people will be like, oh, well, our wet markets are cleaner and better sure. than their wet markets. Um, where Which, it's all. I mean, might not be wrong. Right. I mean, if you're in a less developed area. Right. You know. And that's the thing, too. It like comes like the guy, the picture I have of the guy hosing down roadway like does that how's that water going (laughs) into the river yeah (laughs) into the drinking water yeah um but so part of the reason why scientists think that the coronavirus started in a wet market i know is because of the fear and anxiety that the animals feel in the moments before death what so when you you are how can that create a virus so they have a virus already or one animal has a virus already right but when you're feeling that anxious your immune system actually goes haywire and that allows when a human is stressed out they're more prone to get sick exactly so that allows for your the animal's immune system where they could catch something from another animal okay that they wouldn't necessarily like from a different species of animal that they wouldn't necessarily be able to catch otherwise and then it allows this virus to like mingle with other viruses that are in the other animal and then it can be transferred to humans so that's what scientists think happened with the coronavirus and with sars um was sars also from wet markets yes i had no idea theorized i mean there's no way to definitively prove but how do they do you know how they come to that conclusion like they just pinpoint patient zero and they pinpoint patient zero and then they also look at like the makeup of the virus and they say okay it has similarities with this virus that's only found in this species of animals okay. and similarities with another virus that's only found in this other species of animals so it must have crossed paths these two viruses must have like mingled at some point and the most likely place for them to have mingled is at a wet market so okay. Yeah, so I'm like, after doing all this research, I'm very conflicted over, like, I, I don't think it's necessarily like a better or worse. I think both systems think have issues. Having fresh ingredients is good. Mm-hmm. Having choice is good. Yeah. Um, but you have to take into consideration the, the amount of strain you're putting on the animals because apparently... That is also affecting humans. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can talk about it affecting the taste or like because animals release hormones right before they die. And if they're super stressed or whatever. But the, the stress you're putting on them is actually maybe causing these viruses to become yeah. a contagion. And there are a bunch of outbreaks and stuff. So maybe, I don't know, maybe more regulation yeah. is needed. Like, I'm not anti-wet market. That's their culture and... You know, I get it. And there is. They're getting better meat than like when we go to the grocery store and Mm -hmm. we have a really hard time buying chicken because all the chicken breasts are like huge. Yeah. 
and they get this really weird, funky texture because it's these poor chickens that are grown so big that they, like, can't walk. Yeah. And, like, it's fucking awful. And in this instance, in a wet market, that's not happening because right. they're just regular chickens or regular ducks or whatever. But there has to be some regulation in how those animals are slaughtered and, like, the cleanliness of the area and all of that stuff, which... It's surprising because people talk about how China is a communist country and it's like big government and all that stuff. Yeah. Even though I don't think China is truly. No. Communist. They say they're communist, but the people in the government have all the money. So. Right. But anyways, that's a whole other. So there's like there are new regulations. The Chinese government has limited or completely stopped the transportation of wild animals in the sale of wild animals in wet markets because they think that like that's another factor, right? Is that you have to unknown, right? Is it's a big unknown. So the Chinese government's kind of put a kibosh on that for now until the outbreak has subsided. Um, But yeah, I think I mean like the American system of how we get our food is very problematic and. But, like, also there are obviously issues with wet markets, too. So, like, in fresh markets. So, I think there's got to be some sort of middle ground in there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I love a farmer's market. Oh, yeah. I you do, know, too. And even, great. like I said, there's wet markets. There are wet markets in the United States, too, where people, like, farmer farms that you can go to and they will slaughter an animal for you. And, like, I know. I know. I know. But, like. But I'll name it, guys. It's going to happen. I can't help it. <laughs> You know, I see an animal and I'm like, hey, that animal looks like Jack Lemon. Okay, your name's Jack now. <laughs> you know, you can't see the arm movements I'm doing. Sorry. There's guys. a lot of very dramatic arm love, movements. I just love animals so much. And I understand that. I totally yeah. get it. I totally do. As a, I'm, uh, again, a hypocrite because I'm not actually vegan. But anyways. Yeah. I, well, not yet yeah, to being a hypocrite. But yeah, like I, I am... I feel like I'm more at peace with Guys, eating animals than you are. Be conscious of what you eat. That's all, Yeah, that's all I ask. I guess if I have a takeaway for this episode, that's it. It's just be conscious. Be conscious of what you eat and where you get it from. And yeah. Don't just buy Tyson chicken because that shit's fucked up. Yeah, it's real fucked Pay up. Pay a little bit more money mm-hmm. to get meat from local farms. Yeah. Also, it tastes way different it does get used to that i'm so thankful that i live in an area where i have a local butcher shop that gets meat from local farms so i don't have to pick up my animal but i can still get the benefit of having fresh quality you don't need to pick out your animal to get fresh meat (laughs) and that just i can't i just can't i'll name it man i'll name it immediately yeah what was I? I was watching something recently. Maybe it was like Bob's Burgers or something. I don't know. <laughs> that yeah, Bob's Burgers. I love Bob's Burgers. I have sheets with fucking hamburgers on them. <laughs> but there was something. It was some sort of cartoon like that. I can't remember if Bob's Burgers or not. But it was like someone was like, "Oh, I want to see the the lobster." Like you were saying, the story you were saying. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, you can pick it out," and she like picked it out, and then like the guy immediately went to go kill it, and and she was like, "No, I didn't want that." <laughs> But I can't remember what show I it mean, was. it sounds like it could be Bob's Burgers. Yeah. I really like the one where the guy's making the documentary about the cows, like, eating meat or mm-hmm. whatever. So they bring a cow outside of the Bob's Burgers and Bob, like, falls in love with oh, the cow. Oh, yeah. I love and that. And then doesn't want to be slaughtered. Yeah, Melissa. And then, like, <laughs> brings it up to his apartment. But cows can go upstairs, but they can't go yeah. downstairs. 
And he just pushes it. Which is a real thing. I've seen that. There was someone on Instagram that was missing their cow and someone spotted it sticking its head out of the second floor window of like an abandoned house. And they're like, I don't know how the fuck we're going to get this cow out of here because cows can't go downstairs. Oh, no. Cows are amazing. They are amazing. I want a cow so bad, but so much. It's a lot of work. Work. Any big, any big farm animal. Don't worry, Amy. Later in life, man, both our husbands. What are you going to say, Melissa? Both our husbands will be dead. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, you know, it'll be a golden girl situation. We'll start our magic pussy farm. And we'll Because, you know, when we're old, we're going to be busy with all the men. Let me tell you. you and know? ladies. And both. ladies, to be fair. That's yep. true. Uh, and we'll we'll start a little farm. <laughs> I'll I'll toss, like get a bunch of barn cats. I can't wait. And we'll get horses. That'll bring <gasps> Kate on board. Yes. She might even kill With her, hus- her adult husband. horse girl energy. Yeah. <laughs> she might even kill her husband for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh we can't we can't have milk though cuz that only comes from making cows pregnant and then taking their babies. FYI. I mean, or you could just like if the cow naturally gets pregnant and just raise the baby then. Right. But then the, they would have to get pregnant again to continue producing milk. They can th- no forever. I mean, for years they will produce mi- milk. Gross. We shouldn't drink milk. It's got pus in it. I mean, <laughs> that's a whole other episode. I'm not gonna get and into it's it with addictive. you. <laughs> oh, that's why cheese is so good. It All is right, guys. Good. I'm super drunk. I can't it, wait. We recorded. We're, we're, you can't wait for what? <laughs> for us to record the next episode. Oh my god. So it's National Margarita Day when we're recording this. Oh, excuse me. Melissa made herself a margarita. So Amy, 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 Amy <laughs> abstained as she should. Because I've had a lot of wine and the drink. Well, now made I've also <laughs> that I can't remember anything about. It's got lychees in it. You know what? I You didn't eat your cherry. You know, I don't like cherries. You know what? You don't like cherries? No, I don't. I, this podcast, man. Every I've time, so much. Yeah, every time I listen to this podcast, I think I don't remember that. The like, Alaska episode, we were really drunk. Yeah, I was listening to that and I was like, I don't remember any like, of this. We started drunk. I, I'm like, I'm Melissa. <laughs> oh, dear listeners, we love you. We hope you love us too. We really do. Like our, but our listenership is down. So, like, get, what are you fucking doing? It's definitely not us. It's definitely not that we need to change anything. No, December was a really good month. That's all it is. Yeah. How do you not like cherries? I don't know. Do you not like maraschino cherries or do you just not like cherries at all? I like cherry flavor. I don't like the sensation of biting into a cherry. It it scares me out. What? I don't understand. It's like a grape. I hate grapes. You hate grapes? I hate grapes. Well, no I no wonder you hate raisins. The flavor of grapes, but I don't. Every grape? Yeah, pretty much any grape. I prefer red grapes, but Greg always buys green grapes. Yeah. I mean, both are, fi- like, I'll put them in a smoothie. I really? just don't like to bite into grapes. Really, it's grounds for divorce. Oh, my God. I got liquid on my laptop. We should probably say goodbye to our listeners. <laughs> we should really end this episode. <laughs> what? Okay, so can we get a recap? I don't know what happened. <laughs> you made a drink. It was delicious. Leachies, you told me leachies. an amazing story about magic pussy. Yep. And 
And then I talked about wet markets and the problems with them. And, and then supermarkets are better. Gross pictures. Yeah, it made you watch. watch. Uh, <laughs> see a bunch of gross pictures. I have shit for you to watch for the next episode. And then uh, that was it. Yeah. All right. Well, if you made it this far, <laughs> we thank you. Thank you. Uh, we love you. Yes, we love you. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Where we'll be even drunker. Even drunker. Yeah. So bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you for listening to Drunk Dish. For recipes and more, please visit DrunkDish.com. If you like what you hear, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Apple Music. You can also follow us on Twitter at DrunkDishPod and Instagram at DrunkDish. And again, thanks for listening. <laughs>